to it for 12 weeks. A guy called Sam. Man, that hurt. But it's because when I was on my bike, I was in pain and I wanted to not have the pain. I wanted to build other muscles and he helped me to do that. But to get through that barrier, it took, to grow usually takes some kind of effort. But growth is God's will for us. And in the midst of it, there can be change and all of that. This is never easy, but God's intention is for us as individuals and a church to grow. So God's blessing for growth and provision. We looked at his presence. That If we haven't got his presence, we haven't got anything. Without his presence, we are lost. Without a hand from heaven, it doesn't matter what you've got by way of a building, what you've got by way of resources, his presence is the defining factor. We need his presence. We are not ashamed to say we are dependent on him and his hand from heaven. Only he can heal. Only he can save. Only he can change lives. We are totally dependent on God. But this is the good news. His hand is not too short to reach from heaven, and he wants his hand and his blessing to be with us. So we've asked for his blessing. We've asked for his provision. We've asked for his presence. And today I want to look at this area, protection. Keep me from evil or keep me from harm. This is a man who knew what it was to live in pain and he asked God for a bigger life that he may embrace new territory, that he may know God's presence with him. And this is what it says at the end. We read it together. Love this. And God granted his request. God granted his request. God is a request-granting God. That is what our God is like. That's what God is like. In case you think God is like some, some, some kind of meanie that doesn't want to give, he's desperate to give. That's what God is like. I have so enjoyed these last few weeks when people have come into this building. It happened with the tours this week. The staff have been on tour guides. It happened last night when this place was, was crammed full of worshippers of Jesus. People came in and went, wow. Someone went to the dishwashers from another church and said, wow. We have to wash everything by hand and you can do it on an eight-minute cycle. Wow. Someone went up to the top floor and saw what we haven't built and said, wow. You've got more space. Someone sat on the chair, which is a slightly wider chair of 500 millimeters for the slightly larger posterior, should we say. And... We thought of you all. And people have said, wow, you've got wide chairs. They look heavy, but you can lift them up. The light people have said, wow, that's not like a normal church chair. People have looked at the AV and said, wow. And I am so pleased because one guy who came in this week said, this is a church. He's the one who said he wants to bring his wife back. This isn't, this isn't a church. The Labour candidate, uh, the Labour MP said, I could we use this for one of our, our uh, Labour um, rallies? Of course you can, for a fee. <laughs> we'll have the Conservatives and Lib Dems and UKIP for a fee. You can all do one after the other. He said, it's just like being at the Labour conference. He said, well, it's not just like being at the Labour conference. There are some major differences. But they said, wow, and I love that. Why? Because it breaks people's perceptions of church. 
And it breaks down this idea that it's dead and boring and stu- stuck in some w- way in the past. We thank God for the past. I said this at the open. But we refuse to stay there because we are in the world even though we're not of it. And I want people to say, wow. Not just to say, wow, look at us, but wow, there's something in this. What's behind it? And what's behind it is not only a wonderfully generous people, but a God who is alive and well. And I want to, and it's been in the church we see forever, to break the concept of people's understanding of church. Wow. But we want to break that mindset in people. And oh, it's been long coming, and now we feel like we're we're fitting it. This This is what we were made for. But it's so that they, because what people look at when they see church is they think that's what God is like. That's their concept. And, and so they should. Because you can't separate out God's people from God. He is our Father. He is our leader. He is ultimately always the senior pastor. He's the chief shepherd. So when people look at church, they think that's what God is like. So I don't just want to break the perception and concept of what church is like just because of church, but because of God. Because then I want them to step back and go, wow, what an amazing God. What a creative God. What a God of color and variety and life. And what a God of generosity. And what a God who likes to give wider chairs. And what a God who likes to go slightly beyond. (laughs) No, abundantly beyond. And to break that concept. I love the program, although I've got to be honest with you, it's got a little bit rude and so I can't particularly recommend it. But I love the, the through the keyhole. You know, when you're walking. Uh, Keith Lemon, who is the guy who is the, the guy who fronts it. I mean, he's, he's, he's a little vile. Though sometimes funny. But I like the concept of through the keyhole. Anybody else like to watch that program? Come forward now, we'll lay hands on you. I like it because I'm fundamentally nosy. <laughs> And I like to go behind someone's front door. And I like to close my eyes when they show who it is, the house. You know, they show just for the audience and viewers at home. And they show it you. I close my eyes. And the other week, Bill Oddie was on. And I got it. I got Bill Oddie's house. Some of you, Bill who? What are the goodies? Goody, goody, yum, yum. Now I've lost half of the our congregation right now. And I got it, I got Bilotti, because when you saw the house and you saw birds and you saw mess and you saw whatever, I thought, that reminds me of some Bilotti. Because when you go into the house of someone, it reflects the character, doesn't it? Hello? I've been to some of your houses. And they're lovely. And it reflects you. And I want people, when they walk through this door, through this house, to see something of God. And I sent you a letter out about the guy, the pastor who came this week, who said it was a Queen of Sheba moment when even the servants were happy. And when they see you, they see something of God. And if they see grumpy stewards and connect team, they think God is grumpy. They do. Because we are a reflection. We're made in the image and likeness of God in the church. If they see mizogs, they think God is a mizog. Do you know what that word means? I don't either, but it's one we use in our house. And I want to break the concept. Cambridge, I want to tell you, God is a God who is here to bless you, 
to provide for you. He wants to come close and, re and reach his hand towards you. And he wants to protect you. This is our God. This is our God. Please, I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to see us and just leave it there. I want you to look beyond, but I don't want in any way to be an obstacle to you seeing him. And sadly, the people of God and the church has been that, but Lord, help us. And today, in the hour I have, I just want to share about this little phrase in Jabez's prayer about protection. Keep me from harm. And I want you to leave here today, and I want the thousands that listen on the internet, to, or the hundreds, or the dozens, or my mom, to know that I believe, and we believe, in a God who is ready, willing, and able to protect you. He's big enough, he's kind enough, He's generous enough, and it's always my dad's bigger than your dad, whatever your dad looks like. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. So why is it, let me answer this question. Why is this type of prayer, Lord, keep me from harm, or keep me from evil, why is this kind of prayer important? Here's the answer, ready? Because we need protection. We're not big enough, strong enough, wise enough, intelligent enough in and of ourselves to win the battles that will come our way. We just are not good enough in and of ourselves. And hear this, there is a devil. And the devil gets in in the smallest and stupidest of things that can destroy relationships and marriages and churches. There is a devil. And his nature is to rob, kill, and destroy and he's never changed he's always been that way since he fell he's a robber he's a liar and he's a thief and we're not so sophisticated in 21st century Christianity to forget are we there's a devil and he's real and he's evil and he wants to destroy and he's after the people of God the Bible says the verse that I've put in, in your notes there is that he is a roaring lion is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I don't want to frighten you, and if you don't believe in a devil, then just go and, well, oh no, don't do this. That, that's a bad recommendation I was about to say. The devil's real. And occult is out there, and some of you maybe in the past have been dropped, have been caught in it. The devil is real, and he destroys lives. And he's after you and me as the children of God. There's an enmity that is between the devil and God's people that the devil will always have until he ends in the lake of fire. We need protection. When I was a pastor in, in the last church in the Wirral, 150 years ago, um, seems like that way, we had an awful situation one time where there was a family that were being abused by the father, um, badly physically abused. The father and, and the, his wife was getting battered. Sadly, he was an alcoholic, and he, when, he, when he drank alcohol, he, he got very violent. To be honest, it was a consequence of himself having been in awful situations in Northern Ireland with uh, the IRA. They had tortured him and he, his, his mind was destroyed. But he was a big man and he was violent. And I got a phone call one day, we got a phone call 
Steve, come, come and help us. Come and help us. Come and help us. We're trapped in the house. This young family and, and this, he was, he was there, violent. And I thought, well, what, what can I do? I mean, I, I'll go. But I'm not going on my own. So there was a guy in the church, a guy called Paul Sargent. And Paul was a bodybuilder. Big guy. Walked like this, you know. And I rang Paul said, are you free to come and just on a pastoral visit? He said, yeah, I'm up for it. So I said, meet me. Then I rang Brian. <laughs> Brian was Paul's friend who worked out in the gym. He wasn't as serious about it, but Brian was also helpful in this situation because he was a surgeon. Uh, and I thought, I've got Paul and I've got Brian in case I need a gallbladder operation in the middle of this. It'll all go well. So I had Paul and Brian, and I went in. I had Brian on one side and Paul on the other, knocked on the door with confidence. I walked up the stairs with them either side of me, I got the family, we took them to a caravan that the church owned in North Wales, and I felt absolutely invincible. Because I had Paul and I had Brian. If it all went bad, then Brian was going to help me, but we get Paul in the way first. What are you frightened of right now where you need protection? What are you facing? Sickness? Death? Marriage failure? What are you facing? What are you looking at that you're scared of right now? And you know you need God's protection. It's all right, friend. We'll no, we'll talk later. It's all right. Talk later. There's two phrases that are used in this passage, or one phrase that's interpreted in two ways from different Bible translations. The first is this, keep me from harm. So the NIV and the New American Standard Version use that phrase, keep me from harm. Whereas the King James or the New King James use it, keep me from evil. And you could try and look at which one works. Actually, they both work, because if you're in an evil situation, it's going to harm you. But I want to just look at those two for a moment, rather than debate which is the most appropriate, and ask ourselves, what can we learn by looking at this phrase? Keep me from harm. This is a prayer of protection. And I want to suggest to us, even as we finish today with the prayer of Jabez, that we still keep praying for this. At this moment in time, when we've moved in here, I read a book this week, it's called 101 Things That Every Pastor Should Know. One of the things that's mentioned in this book is that many pastors either fall or fall out of ministry after such a program as this. Statistically, it's proven. Sober me for a moment. May we not become suddenly resting on our laurels or secure in our ability because we are dependent on God. We need His protection. When we, when we move into here, let, church, it's change, and change is all very exciting at the moment. <laughs> but the excitement will become ordinary. This building will become ordinary in a couple of months' time. This is just what we do. And we have to watch the little foxes that spoil the vines. And watch, well, I feel a little insecure because of the change. Just, just be careful. Just the fact that we're aware and we alert ourselves, we're in change. We're in change. Change brings insecurity. Keep me from harm. We should be praying it. My mum was here last week. 
92. Every time she comes now, she says, this is the last time I'm going to come, probably. And every time she comes, she's a little bit weaker, and you think it might be. Don't know, and I hope it isn't. But you hug her, and she's, she's bony. She, she can't put on weight for the... She sleeps in the day and is awake at night. My poor sister who looks after her has it tough some nights because she gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She gets dressed thinking it's morning. It's dark, but she's frail. But I told you this, not this time, because it didn't happen this time, but the time before when she was here, we would pray at night. And the prayer we prayed was a good prayer to pray. Lord, keep us safe this night. Secure from all our fears. May angels guard us while we sleep till morning light appears. It's a good prayer to pray. Because God promises protection for his people. What do you need protection for right now? Jabez prayed. And there are many examples where we can see in the New Testament and the Old where God provided protection. There's one I'm going to mention here, which is a little bit of a mystery in many ways to us, and I'm not going to go into all the whys and wherefores of it, but there's one guy that was protected by God in a very, very miraculous way for a whole season of his life. Then something changed, but let's just look at the first part. Job. Job is just before the book of Psalms. They reckon the oldest book in the Bible. And we see something of a picture of what's going on in the heavenlies. Because this, what we see, is not all there is. When we come in to this building, and we did last night, and we did this morning, please, when you're worshipping, it's not just what you see going on. Our worship is affecting the heavenlies. And Job has, an awareness, uh, has no awareness of what's going on in the heavenlies, but something's happening. And God has a conversation with Satan. And God, God says to Satan, look at Job. He's boasting on Job. Look at how he lives a righteous life. Look at this man. And Satan says, ah, he's only following you because of all the good you've given him. These are the words of the devil. We don't read them very often. Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him, Job, and his household and everything he has you have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread out through the land. God had put a hedge of protection around Job. And I've been meditating and wondering, and I don't know the answers, but what did that hedge look like? What did the hedge consist of? I'm going to talk about that in a, in a few minutes, but there is a hedge that's right for you and I to pray for. And that hedge can be broken, and usually the way that it's broken is through our own stubbornness and willfulness, but God is a hedge-providing God. You can guarantee He wants to protect you. I've got more that I want to share, but I really feel in the spirit I'm just going to stay with the hedge. All the stuff I wanted to say, but I, I'm going to stay with the hedge. What does the hedge look like? I need four volunteers, please, right now. Four 
volunteers on stage. Tristan's one, Tony's one, David's one, and Jen's one. That's good. On Jen to be in the middle, if you don't mind. I think I'm, I'm doing. I'm just doing this. I, I've not rehearsed this. <laughs> this is one I didn't re rehearse earlier. What does? Just stand in the middle, please. What does this hedge look like? Would you guys link arms and surround her? Sorry, Jen. <laughs> I hope they've got deodorant on. These are the <laughs> these are the things. Oh, strange thoughts go through my mind, don't they, on stage? These are, the, these are the things I want to suggest might be in the hedge. Tristan might represent the name. Notice what Jabez does. He calls on the God of Israel. The word for God in that passage is Elohim. That's the word that is used to describe God as creator God. If God created the heavens and the earth, can he protect Jen? Hello? There's a right answer. If his name is a strong tower in which we can run into and find safety, can God's name be a protection for Jen? Remember the old song, we don't sing it anymore and they don't write them like they used to. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. I was practicing this last night. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Remember it? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. <laughs> Thank you. This always happens when you have a drama team. They always want the attention. <laughs> so this is the name of the Lord. That is not just a nice old twee song. That's the Bible. You can run into the name of God and find safety. In this passage, it's Elohim, but we know the name of God, the covenant-keeping God, is revealed to us as the name Jehovah or Yahweh. And so many times, and we can't go into this now, but so many times God couples his covenant-keeping name with a promise. So he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, because it's in his nature to heal. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides, because it's in his nature to provide. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, because he loves to give peace even in the midst of a storm. Whatever storm you're going through, he is the peace-giving God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and find safety. He's promised to protect you. Anyone, Romans 10, 13, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, anyone, anyone, call on the safety. The second thing that he provides is not only his name, but his word. Tony is the word. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, Remember, he, if you don't know the story, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He's in the wilderness. At the end of 40 days, by the way, we're going to fast more next year. At the end of 40 days, Jesus is hungry. The devil comes and tempts him and says, if you're the son of God, turn those stones into bread. And Jesus says to the devil this, it is written. And the devil can't get through the word. 
It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the temptation goes on. He climbs to a, a high hill, says, throw yourself off and the angels will protect you. Jesus says to him, it is written. Then the third one is, takes him to another place. Look at all these. I'll give them yours. As though they were the devil to give. And he says, it's written. It is written. I shall not tempt the Lord your God. Three times. And then it says, the devil leaves him. Because the word is powerful. And we have his name that protects us. And we have his word that keeps us. And sometimes, don't get into a conversation with the devil. Just say, it is written. And the devil leaves you. And he's real. And he's out to destroy. But the word stands eternal. Doesn't change. We, we, we do not have to be trendy. We don't have to try and make the gospel trendy. It's always trendy. It's always relevant. It always, the word always works. Always. And thirdly this, finally, in this context. David is representing the blood. Now that's not trendy, but it's still relevant. And the blood protects the believer. Remember in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 12, is it? Around that area. God has told Moses to lead the people out of captivity. They're frightened, they're afraid of their oppressors, the Egyptians. And the Egyptians won't let God's people go. And so plagues come upon the people. And there's one last plague where God says, I'm going to send a destroyer across the land of Egypt and the firstborn of every household will die. But he says to Moses, here is a way to protect the people of Israel. Kill a lamb at a certain time of the day. Kill a lamb or a goat, one without spot or defect. Destroy the lamb, then take the blood and put the blood on the doorposts and on the side of the house. And when the destroyer, some say an angel of death, but the Bible doesn't say that, but when the destroyer goes across, guess what he'll see? He'll see the blood. And the believer in the house will be protected. And the blood is still effective. The blood. Now, we don't have to destroy or kill any longer lambs or goats. Because that was in the Old Testament is pointing towards the true fulfillment that came in Jesus. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he, were, he was gawping basically. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so the one who the Old Testament was pointing towards, theologians call it a type or a shadow. So it, it's not the actual final version. It's just a shadow. There's my shadow, but my shadow represents me. But I'm the real thing. My shadow isn't. So this was just a shadow of what was happening in the Old. But in the New Testament, we have the one who is the Lamb of God, whose blood is over our doorposts and over the lintel. And we can go into the house and find safety because of the blood. Believer, you are protected by the blood of Jesus. It's still efficient. It's still effective. It's for the whole world. 
you are protected by the Word of God and you are protected by the name of God. And whatever comes against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against He's bigger than me. That's the point. He's bigger than me. Say I was the devil. I'm not going to go after Tony Smith because he is the Word. And then there's David. I've got to hit him as well. <laughs> They're a protection. And Jen has just stood there, peaceful and calm and protected. Because she's protected by the blood, by the word. And by the name. Would you please give? A round of applause to the drama team. The end of Revelation, I close with this, says this. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb. Make sure you speak about it. Make sure you confess, I'm protected. Pray this prayer of faith. Lord, protect me. And trust God, whatever situation you're facing right now, that there's a hedge. Remember what I said? You can break free of that hedge in one way. Sim. You think, I know better. I know better than the word. I'll do it my way. You don't. I know, I, I, don't, I don't need the, the blood of Jesus to save me. Yes, you do. Everybody does. I'm going to build my life under my name. You know, we, we're right, and we will, hear, hear me. We are right in 21st century to use marketing techniques. We want to get C3 names out there. But please, it can't just be C3. You don't get saved by C3. There's no name that's, that's good enough other than the name of Jesus to save you. C3 is a great name. We like our new logo. I hate that faulty light, but I like <laughs> our new logo. But it's only the name of the Lord that can save. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Right now, if you're in the room, you're facing something that feels overwhelming, fears gripping your heart, whatever it might be, as a sign that you're going to stand in the name, in the blood, and as a consequence of an alertness of knowing that His Word is your protection. Would you stand to your feet right now? It's all right. Just stand to your feet. Lord, I pray for every one that's standing in faith, that's facing something right now. Wherever they're facing. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. You think your sin can't overcome it because you can in the name, in the blood. Is crippling here. There's a 
attack, but these three speak over you in Jesus' name. Protection, protection, protection. Marriages that an enemy wants to destroy and pull apart, we speak protection over you in Jesus' name. Protection. Righteous run in and they are saved. He is 